what is it about Pittsburgh that made you a DJ? Like, what's your connection to Pittsburgh? How did you stay here all these years? The big fish in Little Pond. So perhaps that's what's kept me here throughout my almost 50 years. Oof. I'll be 50 and a little shy of two months. I Happy know. birthday, man. That's I huge. I can't, can't tell by my poor posture and um, and um, um, youthful youthful face, but I will be 50 very shortly. Um, what about Pittsburgh made me a DJ? Um, I guess in a roundabout way, we can answer that question. Pittsburgh made me a DJ by having a man by the name of Sly Jock and his uh, radio show on Whammo. It was the first hip-hop show on a commercial radio station in Pittsburgh. Okay. And it used to come on in the early 80s, Sunday night, like midnight to 4. You had to catch it. Super late night. I was 11, 12. Um, so the next morning at Risenstein, rest in power to Risenstein Middle School in East Liberty, which is now Google. Yeah. <laughs> Bakery Square, right? Right, essentially. Yeah. Yep, that, that whole area. And um, so you... But you were from Squirrel Hill, not East Liberty. But that was where the radio station was? No. That's where I went to middle school. Ah. Squirrel Hill kids went to Rosenstein or Colfax not for Ald- middle school. Alder- oh, middle school. Mm-hmm. So did you go to Alderdice eventually? I did. Okay. Years later. But this is when I was... 11, 12. Yeah, sixth grade or yeah, approaching there. Um, uh, Slot Jock was on the air. And my uncle used to work at Whammo. He was a sales rep at Whammo. In his early 20s, he used to bring me home tapes from Sly Jock. Not even the radio show tapes, but exclusive tapes that Sly made, um, you know, just for, for staff and such. So, What was the music? It was the first hip-hop show in Pittsburgh. So back then, it was songs like Nucleus, Jam On It. Yep. It was uh, UTFO, Roxanne, Roxanne, uh, Whistle, Just Buggin', uh, Rappin' Duke. Um, man, that whole era. Of uh, of early '80s goodness, um, wow, Houdini, Friends, uh, Fat Boys, Stick'em, you know that era. So he made me two things: uh, super tired the next day at class. <laughs> I was up until 4 a.m. And this is back in the days where we basically, if you didn't have a fancy boombox, you had to tape radio shows by holding up one of those um, black standalone tape decks with a built-in microphone. Okay. And hold it up to the radio and record it that way. So that's the way I used to record um, his radio shows. I used to do a little trick. Sly Jock. Sly Jock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was also like a legendary female radio host from Pittsburgh who did Motown. She was associated with Motown. She was shouted out in mm. Barry Gordy's book. He talks about this female. Oh, really? Um, DJ, prob- yeah, it's probably a bit before my host. time, 19, but, but 1940s. Oh yeah, so that was. Um, she was like the first female, one of the first. Like it could have been Whammo too. Whammo has been around for DJs. years. So Porky Chedwick was big on Whammo back in the days. He was um, a white DJ on Whammo, and Pork the Torque is what they called him, and he was responsible for playing a lot of the the early uh, soul records on Whammo. Why didn't you then. get like? I guess you did some college radio, but like, were you big into? Commercial radio, or was that not? I was not. Yeah, I did. um, I did radio at Pitt, and um, I wasn't a student. I did radio there when I was fifteen. So, is that when you met Bonix or no? 
when I was 15. No, no like, when you I was were still, at PTS. I, was, I was still there. There was residual hanging out there later on in life. But when I first started, my mom used to, uh, let's backtrack a little bit, Whammo, Taping, record, taping shows, we used to be able to, uh, you know, record over tapes that were pre, pre-bought pre from the store by putting, I don't know if you're familiar with this, you can put two pieces of, like, paper in the holes on top of a cassette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we used can, to use scotch it. tape. That's one way to do but it, yeah. too. Um, so we used to do that, and um, we used to make pause tapes. I don't know if how often you did that as a ute. No, no pause but tapes. Pause tapes. <coughs> your viewers, viewers, listeners. Both, yeah. Audiovisual goodness, probably know what positive stars you would you would you know tape a radio show, and um, you would stop it at a certain point, and then when your jam comes on, you would hit record again at a certain point, and it would just be like a seamless mixtape, but created simply by hitting pause, in between each recording, so it would just be a fluid mix, um, your own little mix, by recording your favorite songs at the uh, at the right spots, to keep them going. Um, but yeah, then uh, Whammo, there was a guy by the name of JJ. He used to do the Hot 8 at 8. I would call there. I had an unfortunate name. <laughs> this is um, before Selecta. Before Selecta. Do you know this name? N- no. Cool, man. It's bad? It's bad. Especially being a young Jewish man like I am, I wasn't familiar with the um, the origin of this, uh, Ooh, this name. Uh-oh. And, you know, I'm clearly white, so why not be DJ White Knight? <laughs> Lord have mercy! Did I not know until years later that that is uh, the old Woodrow Wilson? Yeah, that's the highest uh, one of the highest. Uh, yeah, yeah, KKKKKK. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, so wow. Yeah, but early on I was White Knight. White Knight, but it's a good. I mean, it's like a rhyming phrase. I'm sure you weren't like intending anything by it. White Knights. There was a movie called White Knights. Knights in white satin. I don't know who the cardigans are. You, do you not know the Moody Blues either? That's an inside joke, people. It happened <laughs> about 20 minutes ago. I love cardigans. Word to Fred Rogers, Pittsburgh's very own. Um, Moody Blues, I do. Um, yeah. Uh, what were we getting at? That's my mom's uh, favorite. We were talking about the the mixtapes, and the you mixtapes, had yeah. just gotten your, your first DJ name. Correct. For so what, though? Like, what what were you doing at the time to deserve a DJ name? Uh, you were on the radio at PTS? Correct. And my mom used to drive me there when I was 14, 15. Um, I don't know why they let you do it. Let me do it. It was I was like a community I show. I would call it, no, I would call and bug them just like I would call JJ and Whammo and I would read the Hot 8 at 8. It's something that listeners could do back in the day Yeah, as a guest DJ. So I would listen to WPTS and these are college students. And I would just call and call and call till they said, you know what, if you want to come down and hang out and be an intern and, and help us out. You're more than welcome to. They respected my knowledge. So I was essentially doing radio at 15 at, uh, at WPTS, and that's where I met Mel Plowden, rest in peace, who uh, started the hip-hop program at the University of Pittsburgh, WPTS. He was in the movie Rappin', hor- horrible movie shot in Pittsburgh, uh, directed by, I believe, Mario Van Peebles. Um, but, you know, he gave birth to, Mel, uh, Mel Plowden gave birth to hip-hop, college radio and pts used to beat out whammo you know i would answer the calls and we would have a sheet with a demo where you're calling from the age um wow gender and um we would fill this out and we would have sheets and sheets and sheets at the end of the night and um wow. these are late night programs from like 1 a.m to 5 a.m and um 
It was an amazing time. This is pre pre videos, really. They were still yeah. broadcasting off the top of the cathedral. They were, so they were still at ninety eight point five as opposed to ninety two point one where they are now. Yeah. Um. So they were strong. They were in the commercial radio band, and you know they they still broadcast broadcasted after at the cathedral when they moved to ninety two point one, but they're in a non commercial mm. radio band, which is a little more cluttered. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I met some cool people when I was there. I, sure. I got brought on by uh, MH, the Verb, MH who the also Verb, like, took me to yeah. Shadow Lounge, um, where I met somebody else with who initially had a bad, another Jewish Squirrel Hill white person who initially had a bad name, the Mac and Cheese, right? Wasn't that Mac Miller's first name? Mac and cheese. I don't know about the cheese part. Mac and cheese, yeah. Really? Cheesy Mac, something like that. Cheesy Mac. Cheesy Mac or Easy Mac. Easy Mac. Easy Mac. <laughs> wasn't Mac and cheese. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, maybe Easy, Easy Mac. Mac. Okay. So, um, yeah, the Shadow Lounge. But uh, at PTS, I, re- I remember meeting somebody. I wanted to ask you who his name wa- what his name was. I knew you would know um, because he made the most incredible impression on me as a DJ. It was a, a rap crew. And I think it could have been um, Masai. Strict Flow, Masai Turner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So was there like a, a black DJ with them at one point? Because I know Edan also DJed for them, I right? DJed for them on a few cuts. Okay. Back then, and then E Dan, and then my cousin Chad Glick, CLG, was in Strict Flow. Yep. And um, oh wow. Yeah, and Saeed. Um, so was Saeed the DJ? He was another MC. He was. The yeah, DJ. yeah, yeah. So who who was the DJ that I saw? What I remember was like, I was super tight about letting him touch the turntables, which were probably PTSs anyway. Right. And he's like, okay, young whippersnapper. And all of a sudden, he just starts like pulling off the counter weights, flipping them around. Oh, I mean, it out. I don't know who I don't know who and it was. I mean, the they, juggling was it, it, insane. It was probably Super C. Super C. Thank it, you. Yeah, See, he well, you he wasn't know. their DJ. I knew you would know, but he was probably with them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Incredible my god. Oh yeah. He is, yeah. He's um, he no longer lives here, but he is a good friend. His name is I'm not going to give out his government name, <laughs> but um. But yeah, he was our him and Double K were our turntablists from back in those days. Interesting. Yeah, Double K used to DJ for Melman in a group called Hardcore Incorporated from the Hill, which so is a different Double K than the San Francisco correct MC, a much older producer Double K. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, who did you find after, um, after the first jock that like introduced you to music? Like, who brought you? Who taught you about DJing? No one physically taught me about DJ. I've learned just via osmosis. Super C is one person I used to watch. And um, he's a little younger than me, but he I believe he started before I did. Um, so, no, I just came up watching cats play. And, um, you know, now I get asked if I can give DJ lessons a lot. And <laughs> I never received any. It all, all just came, came to me and I've learned um, over the years. And I'm still learning. Um, I, I've never... Um, I've never wanted to be a turntablist. I always wanted to maximize the money I had to spend on records. I would rather buy two different records than two of the same records. Oh, that makes so much sense. So back then, you bought the doubles. You, if you, you had to buy to doubles. Yeah, and I, and I, I had you no, didn't have the loot, no desire it. nor the money. Yeah, yeah. So, so you became like the tastemaker kind of dude. Correct. And I always been. Hence the name Selecta. It yeah. has Jamaican uh, patois etymology, but um, it just um, means someone that selects the jams um yeah the selecta i mean selecta is is every dj in jamaica correct right and the dj is the mc 
Right. Which the is toast, crazy. Or the like toast, 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 toast maker, toast, yeah. toast master, toast, toast master is a Toasting is the rapping. Toasting is the, yeah. Yeah. look at us. Two Judaic men, <laughs> two Judaic scholars talking about Jamaican culture. <laughs> who your teachers were. Who my teachers were, yeah, and I didn't have any. I didn't have any hands-on instruction. I just had all um, bearing witness to and going to events. And I was a radio guy before anything else. So really, uh, you know, it came from watching the masters at their at their uh, their their trade radio dish jockeys and then I parlayed my love for radio into DJing in not necessarily clubs but bars and poetry slams and I'm not a I'm not a bottle service club person as you could tell um, it was never my <laughs> never my thing so I just learned by by watching the greats and um, I was around when uh, hip hop DJing was at its uh, Infamacy, so infamacy is that In, the right infancy. word? Infancy, infancy, infamacy would be me, the infamous selector. Um, I feel like Nori now, getting getting words wrong. I feel like this is drink chance. <laughs> I'm about to say, I synced it. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So and yeah, I never had anyone say, "This is how you mix a record, and this is how you transition from A to B," because it was more so just me um, playing from the heart and. Um, what I learned first is how to, to mix, and then came the basic cuts. And um, as long as you have the foundation down, you can rock a party. I think rocking a party is the most important um, part of DJing because no one wants to go to a party and hear someone cutting it up for uh, for hours on end. So learning how to mix. What do you mean by cutting it up? Just going back and forth and, and, and getting crazy turntablism-y. Oh, uh, like at too a, much a, scratching, right, too right, much right. Yeah, it's just, it, it's mixing. There's, there's, yeah, there's, no, mixing is fine. There's a time and a place to, you know, you don't want to go. Quick and, mixing? And, and, and quick mixing is fine, too. Although, there's a certain subset of folks that um, get upset if you if you cut off their jam too early. It's an age thing. We could mm. quick mix when we were younger. Now, when I play for people my age or older. They want to hear the second verse. They want to hear the, the third and fourth. They want to hear the outro. Ooh. There are certain songs I don't even, like Prince Kiss, I couldn't even tell you how it ended prior to a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah, especially on Twitch now, people want to hear, I have a, a channel point to let songs breathe. Yep, yep. They have, yeah. they can pay money to they hear the end fake, of the song. They can pay fake money to hear that in the but song. But it's real money. It's monopoly money. But it costs money to buy it. It doesn't. It costs um, uh, engagement. Oh, really? Yeah, channel points in Twitch. We're jumping all over the place, but I'm a Twitch DJ. Hey, my name is Selecta. <laughs> I DJ on Twitch. His Twitch is incredible. The 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 thing has truly, it's been like a phenomenon. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's saved my DJ life, but we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, letting songs breathe. But no one wants to go to a, a club or a bar or any sort of shindig and watch a DJ cut it up. And bring back every song. We call it coast to coast in Pittsburgh. Hmm. Keep bringing the records back. Oh, interesting. Some people call it beat juggling, but it's not really juggling when you're just bringing it back to the same part. It's or more a pull so. up. A pull up would or be more Jamaican. Yeah. <laughs> right, the whole song. But if you if you bring it back in a rapid manner, mm. you would coast to coast. That's okay. what we call from coast. But you couldn't coast. afford to do that because you didn't have two copies. Correct. I had two copies of very few records. Um, even still to this day, I have doubles of very few. You'd sell them at the record store if you had an extra And I had a record store, too. Man, we're jumping all over the place. Twitch, record store, 
I have a hairy back. <laughs> We're um, trying to hit all the see. all the high points here. Um, ladies, sorry, I have a hairy back. <laughs> Did you think about doing anything else other than DJing? Were you like, this is the deal? Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a DJ. I got a job. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was working for AT and T for 13 years, and um, while I was DJing, while I was on the radio. So, you know, early on in, in AT&T, I was, I was taking phone calls. Thank you for calling AT&T. My name is James. How can I help you? And the customers were like, James, you sound like you should be on the radio. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I just left the radio station. I'm just talking to your ass right now. Um, but, yeah, I was radio was, like I said, was my first love. So I always knew I was going to do that. And while I was working at AT&T, I also played at uh, venues like the Shadow Lounge. R.I.P. Yeah. Club Havana and Shadyside. Also R.I.P. The Laga, Club Laga in Oakland. Also, also R.I.P. Wow. So Club Havana was the one that Basic, one of my best friends from Pittsburgh, wanted me to ask you about. He said okay. there was a shady side spot. He couldn't remember the name that Selecta was associated with. And he was wondering like, what I the mean, story that's, was. Yeah, on Ellsworth, there's a, a club called Havana. It's, it was called Club Havana. It was a bar. Um, right on Ellsworth, as soon as you turn from Shady onto Ellsworth, um, there was also there was another off of Walnut. There was a place called the Pittsburgh Deli Company. Yep, yep. He and said we, something about sandwiches. Well, that's one. It was happening there too. It was dope, but Havana was more. The so, Deli Company know. was the one that had Alta upstairs for a little bit. Correct. That I used to right. DJ at. Yeah. Yeah. Havana now I think is I not what it is now. Maybe Spin. Mm. Uh, I think it's a gay bar now. Possibly. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. I remember when they did spin. Right. I used to DJ 5801. Well, there I remember well, spin well, was well, like the competition. Go, right. um, I never but, played there. But Havana was um, was insane. Yeah, we would just, it would just be sweaty cool windows. Oh, yeah. It was, um, yeah, it was a Cuban-based bar. Um, nice. As far as the aesthetic is concerned. And uh, just used to get crazy in there. Just the windows, foggy, sweaty. College scene or like um, more grown? Yeah, a combo meal of both. Um, yeah. But hip-hop, house. Um, was it like Firehouse vibes? Yeah, it was an international vibe. It was, yeah. it was multicultural so That's sure. always what I felt on the deck at Firehouse. Yeah, I, I like, used to play there, too. We used to have to Man. climb up. You oh, know, I remember. At, at Laga and at um, Firehouse, they would make us climb up this ladder. I remember. With vinyl. I remember. With vinyl. I, I had to climb it with Bonix, and I was holding uh, the speaker. Yeah. This was, was the moment I knew I was going to be a DJ. Right. Because when you would climb that ladder, it was like a metal ladder up right. like a fire escape yeah. almost. It was and insane. And you would climb it. It was raining, and it was slick, like real slick. And I'm climbing it with the booth Well, you're, ta you're talking about outside, though. Outside about to the, the deck. There's also a booth inside. A firehouse, and there's this the there's a tent. Thing. I know mm -hmm. the the booth on the on the like uh, hardwood floor you're Correct. talking about. Yeah, 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 that's where I fucked. That was like one of the times I really dropped the ball with at the party. Bad, but there's plenty of those stories. You need to step up your R and B game. <laughs> <laughs> no, that time it was more like uh, reggae. It was more okay. like like I needed. I I should have known more like dance hall, um, right. like like just like dance hall standards, like um, uh, murder she wrote. Sorry. Also, Foxy Brown. Sorry, would have been a good Sis one. Sister Nancy, Bomb Bomb. Oh yeah, that would have been yeah. a good one. Uh, Plenty of action. Options. Terra Fabulous. Eminem was a bad choice. It was a bad choice for reggae night. Yeah, yeah he's, in, he's in hindsight, not, correct. Yeah. But um, Bonix was real sick or something. He put me okay. in, and it was just people were upset. Anyway, um, the the story from the 
outside booth was that it was raining. Oh, yeah, was it was slick. Like, it was like, dangerous out there. Terrible. Yeah. But there was this, like, tent that was set up all the way around the outside so that people could dance on the right. deck. Right, no, I recall. It and was... as I opened the wind, like the flap of the tent and I entered it with my monitor, it was like I'd been transported into a different planet. Like, oh, yeah. it was hot and sweaty, and you could feel this incredible energy all around of all these people moving and, like, yeah, feeling I mean, it, it this. Yeah, it was that scene. It was, it was I mean, Pittsburgh's not known for being multicultural. So <laughs> Pittsburgh is black or white, depending on the venue you go to, all white or all black. But back then, it was multicultural. Shadow Lounge was like that, too. Havana was like that, too. And, um, yeah, the energy is just, like, kinetic. It's, 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 um, I just it, it knew that's you. what I wanted. It engulfs you, right. I knew that's what I wanted right. to do. And that's why you became a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I tried. Right. Um, I'm I'm still doing it. Yeah. Look at me. So what what comes next? So you did you I were did, doing both. I was you, doing both until until I got la- yeah until I got laid off in 2013. So I was down and out like man, what am I going to do now? But meanwhile, it was a blessing in disguise um, because since 2013, it's now been a decade. I haven't worked a uh, a nine to five a, a single day hey, since congrats. 2013. Hey, l'chaim, brother. We don't have alcohol, but I don't drink. No, that's why I look so. Yeah, it's we a, a uh, la vie, la vie, la vie en rose, la vie en rose. So it's been ten years. My anniversary, of getting laid off from congrats. American Telegraph and Telephone. Thank you to whoever laid you off. Good job, Joe Schmo. Well, yeah. I mean, thank God, like yeah, blessing in disguise. Pittsburgh needs you. That's great. Right. So I guess the years that I would have been seeing you at Shadow Lounge, it would have been when I lived here last from like 2005 to 2000. Right. They shuttered in 2013 is when they closed. Yeah. Lounge. I left in 2011. And my record 11. store was right across the street. Well, over, over 720 was on Penn Avenue. Yep. And uh, Shadow Lounge was on Bomb, right? W- were there yeah. two locations for 720 or no? We began in 1998. Yeah. In Oakland yeah. above GNC. Yeah. And Hypervinyl was in there. We were there for a year, and then we moved to East Liberty. Yep. Yep. So three locations. Well, no, East Liberty. <laughs> se- so <laughs> seven years in East Liberty. Then we moved to Jerry's Records inside of Jerry's for yeah. two years. Yeah. Where the seventy eights now reside, I believe. Well, no, it's no longer seventy eights. Where the CDs now reside. Okay. And then we moved to Lawrenceville. Were you the secret buyer that was going to buy up Jerry's Records? That was me. <laughs> No. So uh, that's the number four. Number four, yeah, Lawrenceville, 2011. That's to where two, I saw you. It was 2011 to 2015 with my business partners. When you first Nate, opened, I was Nate there. and Andrew Berger. I left in 2011. And Nate's, Nate's wife, rest in power, Javon, um, and my brother Paul Dang uh, was part of that too. And uh, then, speaking of Paul Dang, for a year after that closed, we opened up for a little less than a year inside of a barbershop in Lawrenceville. You never really talked about Grand's w- barbershop. why yeah. you wanted to start a record store. I mean, I guess it's pretty obvious. Like, you had a ton of records. Yeah, I mean, Stedford... needed money. Stedford, right? Well, no, well, Stedford's had a little independent hip-hop section that I used to work at Stedford's Rest in Power again. Legendary record store for many, many moons in, in, on the north side on East Ohio Street. Mm. Um so we didn't have a hip-hop shop. You know, in, in 98, hip-hop DJing, 12 inches were large. Rockus Records just came out. So Fat Beats? Fat Beats, yeah, that's, that was our distro. So basically, we we wanted to be the Fat Beats of Pittsburgh. We bought records from Stedif- them. Stedifords. Stedifords was the name of the shop. Yep. 
that um that I brought in some independent hip hop, but it was still more so just like a mom and pop record shop. They didn't cater to DJs. Not like you could go in there and buy needles. And right, sli- right, and right. you aren't getting your shirt. M four four seven. Yeah, you couldn't buy you know yeah, yeah, spray paint <laughs> and caps and everything for the culture. Yeah, it was very much just a record store. So we wanted to do uh, a whole hip hop shop in Pittsburgh. That's so cool. I teamed up with my friend Brian Protho and Paul Constantinidis. A black man, a Greek man, a Jewish man. Walk, <laughs> walk into, into a bar, exactly. walk into a record store. And um and in East Liberty we was part I was partners with my ex, her name was Meg Fitzgerald, and we did the East Liberty iteration of seven twenty records together after uh, we left Oakland. And um yeah, and then Jerry's and then Lawrenceville. Well, and records, um mind you, this was before record store day was new. So yep. I think if we if we held on to uh, the business now, it'd be booming. Lawrenceville doesn't have a record. Well, Lawrenceville does have a record store, but it's way up on like 54th. It's called Long Play Cafe. But now records are all the rage. They were becoming so back then. Again, the resurgence of the collector's market. Um, but right, we, NFTs we, and owning something tangible, like correct. the idea of of having a one of one or a one of right. 100 or whatever. What'd you do with all your records? You just have them now. I have. We, we sold a lot of bunch, a lot of them. Um, I saw you were finding your records like at other record stores in Detroit. No, I, that was here in Pittsburgh. Oh, really? Yeah, that would be funny <laughs> to find in Detroit. And that was at the attic in the twelve-inch room. Okay, um, that was just recently. But um, no, I do stumble upon at Jerry's all the time. Seven twenty price tags and um, yeah, yeah, they're out there. Do you so. miss it? Do I miss owning a business? No. No, it wasn't very profitable. Um, our last iteration was a, a record store, coffee shop, venue, vintage clothing store. That's um, the one I went to. Right, 2011 to 2015. Yep. That was great great fun, but we got in there, 2011, Lawrenceville. It's dead. It wasn't. It, right, so rent was cheap. 2015, a whole different story. Yeah. 2023, I, don't, I couldn't even imagine our space. We paid 1000 a month. For like fifteen hundred square feet, maybe a little less. I can imagine it's thirty five hundred, four thousand. I was thinking Easily. seven. Yeah. No, not seven. That's we haven't quite thirty five. Would be mm-hmm. that'd be hard to pull selling selling plastic discs and coffee. Yeah, coffee. There's not right. like a ton of profit right. margin so, on that. Right. So that's how we got out, and I'm a much happier man now. What about before Twitch though? Bef- from 2015 selling the business until 2020. Right. Stumbling uh, upon Twitch. Yeah, I was just playing playing at local spots. Young weddings and weddings, unfortunately. I'm not a big fan, but Oh, hate them. The worst. That's a mm, But three thousand dollars is three thousand dollars. I, I I didn't charge that much, but I think people would balk at, at three thousand. That's um, why I that's why I charge that much. I don't right. want to do it. Exactly. That's a good tactic to, to get around having to say no. Um so yeah, I played at, you know, Galaxy and Homewood. Young Brothers on the north side, on Woods Run. Uh, where else did I have? Uh, Goldmark, which I, I still play to this day. You have, you have like a standing party, or you kind of hop on other people's joints? A standard party at Goldmark, the second Thursday of every month. And then we have a crew, me and Big which Phil. Which is which one? Uh, Groove Theory. That's right. Me and Big Phil and Black Steel um, and Yamez and, and, and um, my brother Keegan. Yamez uh, is amazing. That guy Yamez was great. he was out in New York when I was there, killing it. And killing um, it. he's a really really talk good about turntablist. Very very good turntablist. In, insane. Somebody who yeah. could teach me a yeah. lot. I yes. gotta 
track him down, get, get him to get, up get here him to for teach the two, stuff, two, yeah. two click flares, not me. Um, so yeah, so we have our crew union and we do parties at um, now three different venues at the Brilla Box in Bloomfield slash Lawrenceville. I don't know what neighborhood you call that. Um, and then in Lawrenceville, the Thunderbird, and now at Casa Brazil in Highland Park. So um, that's what I was doing. We we're rocking with with our our crew, me, um, the original three man crew of Big Phil, Black Steel, and myself. And now it's branched out to like to like seven seven or eight folks in in the union, massive. So prior to 2020, uh, two things. I didn't talk on this thing ever, <laughs> ever. So when you saw me out. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, so, yeah. so like, I never thought of you as the talking guy. No. Because now you're telling me, like, you have all this radio history. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, your voice is, is really solid. And you're like, people Thank would you. hear me on the radio. People would hear me at AT&T and be like, I'm, you, you belong on the radio. Yeah, because radio. But you never talked when you were DJing no, when I would see I, you out. Because I'm not, a, I'm not a all the ladies in the house say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a. You're not you Kid know, Capri. I'm not at not, all. Kid Capri does yeah. verbal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Voc- vocal. Transition, even premiere, even promo, yeah. Which that was never my thing. I'm coming from radio. I was behind the scenes. Right. I never wanted to be the forefront. Therefore, I didn't want to draw attention to myself. So I didn't talk to Mike. But on the radio, no one can see you. You're talking. You're giving information. You're running back records you played during the last segment. Um, but when it came time for Twitch, I was nervous. I didn't. I don't like cameras. I don't like talking on the mic. <laughs> But how am I going to win folks over just by DJing? I need to engage with them. So, you know, I first started out on Facebook, and then... Why, though? Like, where, where did you get the idea? Like, what, what happened? Peer pressure. From who? So, well, the, 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 the week after the pandemic hit... Um, this is 2020, March. March. Yep. Folks were going live. D-Nice was the first right, one. But because of that, there, 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 you know, there was this Club Rona... Okay, so Club Rona, Club Rona, you know, all these DJs that are now homebound, yeah. um, not out of choice, but out of, you know, these, these, these spots are closed. So where's Selecta? All these right. other DJs are going live. Where's Selecta? So it, it really happened because I was in the South during the, all this. I never really experienced the shuttering, but like, I think it's important to hear that the business is here closed. So like when I talked to Nugget about it, he was like, yeah, they wouldn't let me open. They Correct. closed the doors. They literally unlike you know, folks down south. Yeah, no, there were places where nothing changed. Right. Right. Like in Florida and South Carolina where they, I was They they ultimately changed, but initially they did not. Well, no, the business is never closed. Period. Ever. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought ultimately everyone um, had to follow the same rules of, well, I guess it was up to the respective communities. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, there was was that, like, two weeks to slow the spread. Right. And then it became two months and two years. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what (laughs) happened. So venues (laughs) venues closed, so we had no other choice. Okay. Because he told me there were capacity limits. Like, that was the first, like, the first thing. That came later, yeah. It was, was, you know. Nothing. And then he was like, they would let me rock, but it would be like 64 people or something. And that's a stretch right there. Like, what are you talking about? You can't run a business like that. He's like, yeah, so we would do private parties. I'm like, it's incredible how people, like, how people shifted in order to deal with extreme times. That's that, what I think is interesting. So that's what I want to hear about is like 
The, That's what happened. Yeah, my gigs were gone. I, yeah. you know, I didn't know how I was gonna pay my rent. Yeah, my rent. I own a house. My mortgage. <laughs> I own a house since 2005 in Lawrenceville. Good job. My my mortgage is like a rent. It's so anyway. Yeah. So cheap. Till it's gone. Um, yeah. Until until you you're done paying it. Exactly. And then you uh, have to pay taxes. Ugh. Um. So yeah. So yeah. So we're selecta in all this. We're selecta. We want to see selecta. People wanted to know. But you selecta had like the hometown crowd. Right, but selecta doesn't have a camera. Selecta doesn't have a way to get the audio out of the mixer into the phone. So the first time I went live, it was peer pressure. Um, I got convinced by someone made a post on Facebook and they're like, don't we want to hear Selecta go live? Like a thousand people responded, I think. Wow. So I went live and I got sponsored by Jake Wheatley, who was running for um, some political office at that point. He sponsored me, paid me, oh, cool. paid me like a hundred bucks to go on. So that was my motivation. Now you it. have somebody else. I'm hate interrupting. That's but now another one of your uh, friends, Kahari Mosley. He's running for city council. For city council. We're, we're, we're we'll get there though. Don't, he, don't let me. He's the rapper on the that. DJ. Yeah, yeah, I want to know about that. But um, so this is the other friend who's who's putting you on Twitch or sponsoring. Sponsoring. You on Twitch. So yeah. yeah. So putting it out there, sending it to his folks, and Select is going to be on. I'm on a Mexican radio. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> what? I, um, I just got back from Mexico. It's amazing there. There you go. A lot of seaweed though. A lot of seaweed in Tulum. Just don't get it in your feet. You're good. Well, it gets everywhere if you swim in the ocean. You find it in your pockets. Wow. Your bathing suit and everything. So lint and seaweed. Yeah, well, it's hard to tell what's what. To discern the difference. Right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we're Selecta. So Selecta came on, but you know how Selecta rocked the first time? Right into the phone? No, not even that. Just the phone was recording. Correct. Yeah, the, the, ambi- audio the, an- the ambient. The ambient volume. Yeah, yeah, which is, I didn't know any better. Yeah, but that first night that I rocked, had probably fifteen hundred people watching. Yeah. yeah, which is crazy, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good. I played for like six or night. seven hours, made about five thousand dollars in tips Whoa. that first night, which I thought would be the standard, but it was not. So that was like just straight to your Venmo, PayPal, to your cash app, Venmo, whatever. Yeah, I- IRS, if you're listening, <laughs> they, nobody, uh, nobody's uh, listening. Nobody's man. listening, right? <laughs> Uh, not to the cro- the the the, the croc 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 mode croc mode croc mode um yeah so yeah that that's 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 but that it was it was crazy I woke up the next morning and it was so freaking surreal yep. to get you know message after message oh my goodness like you made my you gave me life thank you so much like heartfelt messages that accompanied these tips but you were playing was, the same type of music you play now what I, yeah, you played yeah, neo but, soul and r&b but not only that I, I was you know playing playing music that i don't get to play for a dance floor right so that right. that's the luxury Which is, of playing playing on social media is that yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not tied down to the constraints of a dance floor where you have to keep a certain bpm you can zigzag you can be non sequitur with your with your music because you have people that are, are listening as opposed to dancing. Yeah, you could be dancing Tom Cruise risky business style in the kitchen with underwear on. But do you yeah. ever hear of the subgenre IDM intelligent, intelligent dance yeah. music? That's how I see this going. It's okay. it's intelligent hip hop because you don't have to worry about whether or not people are dancing. You can go a little bit more cerebral. Yeah, I, I, you know, this this is gonna sound odd because I'm a DJ and my job is to make people dance. Yeah, I hate playing for dance floors. <laughs> I hate it. Really? I hate it because you're playing the same subset of seventy five to one hundred party rockers. Yeah. Um, because 
familiarity is going to aid. Familiarity is going to bring folks to the dance floor. A lot of you can play. You can't break a record. To, most crowds want to hear what they know so they can sing along. Dance music crowds, a little different house music. They dance to the, the, the overall groove and BPM. But if you're dealing with people that just go out on a casual basis, maybe not necessarily music lovers, like deep music lovers, they're going to dance to only songs that are extreme party rockers, just like at a wedding. Is it different at rockers. these Twitch meetup things that you're DJing now? Yeah, I don't do. I don't DJ a lot of Twitch. You, you know I, what I'm I, talking I've, about. I've attended like, some, the, but the shows that you're getting to play now, now that you're leaving Pittsburgh after all these years, because of the Twitch following, it can't are be these crowds different. Or it can be different same? depending on what what the uh, the setting is. I'm I'm getting gigs because of Twitch that are still kind of standard. Party. I just did a party for Dropbox recently oh. that I didn't. Um, yeah, that I didn't go completely out of the box uh, with my selections, but. Um, you you mean that you didn't pull the files up from your Dropbox in order to play them? Uh, that too. Word to Dropbox. No, um, I got to play like a like a meet and greet for employees around the country of Dropbox. That's cool. And the CEO, he's worth a couple billion, spoke right in front of me. And wow, when he was done speaking, I played. Um, drop, wait, wait, let me drop it like it's hot. Oh, yeah, sorry. All right. I was gonna guess. I was yeah. gonna say like. Drop. It's all about the Benjamins, or but why money, not play money, something money, with, money. with drop in it? Money, oh, OJ's, OJ's. We're still like transitioning to Twitch, so you're right. just getting used to this technology. Yeah, and I mean, eventually I, I, you I, I, you had a good party, but then things slowed down. Right, a good party pre Twitch first. The five thousand people. Oh, good, a good, good, good outing. Five thousand dollars. No, it was great for the first month. Because I would, you know, I, I eventually got the cable to go from, you know, okay. eight, eighth inch out to, or, you know, to TRS, whatever, whatever the quarter inch out to your phone, <laughs> lightning, whatever it was back then. I don't know if it was quite lightning yet. Was it eighth, was it eighth inch? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was the, it was a plug for the audio. Yeah. Um, the iRig is what the device was called pre, we didn't know about interfaces unless you were made music and you had a studio. You That's never a, really like made beats like that? No, I didn't. So I didn't have an interface. So did you ever mess with like NPCs and things or you just zero never really desire cared? to make beats? No. You you weren't super musical, like you didn't play keys, nah, you didn't play guitar, all. bass, drums. I nothing. had a Casio keyboard with four little sample pads that sampled two seconds. You had to speed up the sample to get yeah, get it longer. But no, I was never I'm, I'm the anomaly. I'm a DJ who could care less about producing. I could oh. care less about even all of this cue points and, <laughs> and, and, and doing a cappella blends because as a DJ I always thought my job was to move fluidly between songs. I'm not creating mm. on the decks. Mm. I'm moving fluidly between songs. And if you've heard me play, you have, but they maybe have not. But you should. Transitions are what I'm known for. Well, I, I would say it's music selection. I mean, I, the transitions are amazing, but that's not like the, the reason that I'm fascinated. It's that you have records that I haven't heard before. That I want to know what they are. Right. I mean, but you... You have deep crates. Not everyone thinks like you. Mm. So, it, you know, if I if I make a post, people are going to immediately say, yeah, you're the master of transitions. Huh. Because not everyone is interested in being exposed to new music. So, so how yeah. did you perfect that art or that craft, the transition piece? That was just a lo lot of hours. Just DJing. Yeah, I mean, I think just watching watching DJs and other genres like house music DJs. Uh, um, I see a lot of DJs uh, still mixing with the crossfade, which um, it's not really as. Um, oh no no really, no! But that's, that's not a thing. Hip -hop. 
that's no, that is hip hop. No, that is hip hop. No, because hip hop should have like instant one hundred percent on. But that, but that's, so that you but, can but that's cut. How, but that's how we mixed early on. We did. We you did would, early. You on. would have like seventy five percent, fifty percent, twenty five percent. Yeah, because we weren't really cutting. So now, from from house music, from house music, I learned how to turn the EQ down when I'm bringing when I'm bringing the uh, the next record in to drop out to Kill drop the out the, the bass. Um, but we never did that. The early mixtures that we had, the realistic, the Gemini, didn't even have EQ, didn't even have a mic input. <laughs> it was just two channels and a crossfade. Period. Like realistic Radio Shack brand. That was my first mixer that had a crossfader that clicked in the middle. And I had realistic turntables. This is backtracking a bit where we didn't have pitch controls. Well, I couldn't afford turntables with pitch controls when I was young. So I had a belt drive realistic turntable times two. And you would have to hold the spindle to mix to slow it down and then let go. Yeah. Let go when it's done. I still see people doing that, holding the spindle to, to like adjust the. But, there, but you had to hold it. But that was wait, the only wait, way. To do it. Yeah, a little, little, <laughs> little more firm. To, to slow I'll it still, down. Like, I, yeah. I feel like I still probably do that occasionally, just a little. Yeah, or nudge the friction. record. Not everyone can ride the pitch, so that, yeah. that's an art in it, in, onto itself. But When I was living in Michigan, I, had a, I always had, like, older friends, and this one cat was, like, really brilliant uh, Michigan student. I used to go over to his place, and um, he, I, I won't say what the main reason I would go over there was, but anyway, he was music junkie, music head. He told me something, and I'm not sure if it's 100% true, but I, I believe it. And the idea is that the curve for the pitch is separate from the curve for the speed, meaning that as you increase the speed that the two records are playing by the same amount, so if they're not on the correct pitch, but you increase both by 1% or 2%, you can get them into the correct pitch. If they're both at 2% and you increase them to 4%, you could potentially get them to the correct pitch there. So it's like a sinusoidal curve. It's a little too heady for me. Yeah. But um, Crazy though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm not one that can ride the pitch. So I'm, I'm, I'm constantly nudging the, mm. the, the, the platter to slow it down. Um, that's a whole other art mainly used by DJs and other genres who also rock traditional style and not. Not how you have not battle. Oh, style. not in the battle. They rock Grandmaster Flash traditional style and not not battle style. So the pitch is right there for them mm. to rock. The pitch here, you know, the uh, it's harder to get to. Yeah, because the the needles in the way. So, so how did Twitch become lucrative? Like, how did you figure it out? What was what broke it open? Yeah, I mean, g- getting kicked off on Facebook, um, nowhere else to go. I kept hearing Twitch. Gamers for gamers for gamers. What what am I gonna do there? And it wasn't it wasn't plug and play. Like I could do, plug my phone in, open up Facebook on my phone, yeah, and hit stream. It was OBS and what is OBS? Open broadcast system. What is it? I have to learn something else now. Who's gonna teach me? So my brother DJ Strobe, who lives in Canada, um, got on the phone with me um, a couple days and and walked me through step by step on how to use OBS. And um, I think within a week, I was good to go and um, started playing on Twitch for about 15 people for the first <laughs> month or so. Yep. And um, I made partner within a couple months on Twitch. And partner just means that you're kind of the shit. You know, you are the creme de la creme of Twitch streamers. And I made that pretty quickly. A lot of my peers got denied a handful of times. 
I sent my app in. You have to have 75 viewers average, and even then they can deny your application because these 75 viewers, to count as one viewer, they have to stick around for one hour. So it's not like you can go in and go out. So I'm like, damn, how am I going to get 75 independent people to stick around for an hour? Yep. It's not like I, just, I can have 75 people watching one stream and I'm partner. You have to stick around to count as one viewer. So never thought I could do it uh, because I never even had, you know, initially more than 75 people, period, throughout the whole stream. Um, now I have, you know, three, 350. And um, now I have uh, 16, almost 17,000 followers later. Ooh. And um, about 1,200 people that sub, that means they pay $5 every month to, uh, to watch me ad-free and to get to use my emotes and other perks of uh, subscription. That's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a living. If they, if they, yeah, it's a living if, they, ma- subs. if they maintain their, yeah. their membership. So some of them are gift subs. Mm-hmm. That's another way that uh, people can show love. They can give out gift subs to uh, random viewers or you can handpick who you're giving it to. So mm. um, in theory, I don't really have you know, 1300 a month that, that stay consistently because people that are given gift subs very rarely resubscribe for the following month. Hmm. But it, that is a living. And Twitch has been a living for me. Coupled with in-person gigs, it's been a great one. So I'm very thankful for Twitch. Thank you, Amazon. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Twitch is Amazon? Yeah, Amazon owns Twitch. Wow. It was Jason TV when it first started. Wow. And they acquired Jason TV. They need to streamline. Overall, like Amazon, I, I think they're a good company, but they just they have too much stuff. They need to hone it down. Twitch, they keep, obviously. Right. But like some of the other stuff they're doing, they got to oh, yeah. cinch it up. Cinch the waist. Fire a couple 10, 20, 30, 40,000 people, and the stock will start going up again. Yeah, I own Amazon stock. That's right. Um, with that split, sucks, I bought, right? Yeah, I bought it. Sucks. Yeah, 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 yeah me too. Yeah, 98, yeah, 98, yeah, yeah, 97, 95. So yeah. Garbage. That's another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. There's all different people listening. Right. Who knows? Um, yeah, so. The better stock is the Agco, which I like, and uh, McDonald's. Love McDonald's. Huge beef uh, buyer. My thing, I want to invest in. Is that beef that they serve? <laughs> it is. And it's delicious. Fun fact. The last McDonald's in downtown Pittsburgh is closing. I just read that today. Oh, you're talking about People the McDonald's that I took my kid to after we went to the Pitt football game? Like right there so. at, at, yeah. at the park? Yeah. Like at the point? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, people would be really upset. It's um, it's terrible. I mean, it's a terrible McDonald's. There's no seating. Correct. It's filthy. Mm-hmm. No bathroom. I don't understand the whole lore of McDonald's. Every time I fly out from Pittsburgh International... Um, there's McDonald's that's open when I fly out at like 6 a.m. Yep. And then there's the great mom and pop spot where you can get fresh eggs and breakfast sandwich. Like, Fred, you can see them cooking on the griddle. Like, it's just, it looks amazing. The consistency. And the line is crazy at, at McDonald's. McDonald's. And I'm getting fresh eggs and home fries <laughs> but let me that's tell being you cooked why. in real time. I'm like, you people are sheep. I don't know. Here's the, here's the reason okay. is, is that. If you know what you're going to get, if you know what to expect, it's it's very comforting. It's very comforting mm. to like have this vision of a double cheeseburger. You know exactly what's coming out those little tiny mm. onions. You know how it's going to taste. It's going to be fresh. It's going to be okay. Then with that, yeah, boom, with that line same of exact thing you, every you time. Know, then you listen to whatever's on the radio, whatever's <laughs> served to you. You go, you go to app, you go to Applebee's. 
Applebee's instead of the mom and pop Jamaican spot down the street that, that runs out of patties at 11 a.m. I, you know, that, that's a life, but it's a life that I don't want to live. So I'm not a big fan of uh, the chain establishments. Yeah, it, it blows my mind. Both both are both have a, a role. I think. Who are the people that you're excited about? Either other Twitch streamers or other DJs, people that you're bringing to Pittsburgh. Yeah, the I large mean, professors, I, I don't want to. Like, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to point out any of my peers. Aside from, I'm bringing DJ B, who streams on Twitch uh, under the name of Beezus the DJ. On Twitch, you got to be creative mm. because he couldn't do DJB because there is a DJB. Mm. I couldn't do Selecta because there is a Selecta. So what do you do? Selecta 720. Uh, I had to add the 720 for my record store to the name. And because of Twitch, I just made everything Selecta 720. My Instagram, my yeah. website, Selecta720.com. So yeah, B is, is my favorite Twitch DJ. That's why I'm bringing him here for my birthday on May 20th at the Thunderbird. And uh, I, I wanted some um, representation from the women, too. So Miss Her, great DJ out of the DMV, is coming to Rock 2 alongside my brother Nate, who I've known for, man, 30-plus years. That's Nate the Fat? Correct. Nate the Fat Barber. My former business he partner. Used to be my barber. Yeah, and my <laughs> former barber. He's just too busy now. And um, I taught him how to scratch. Dope. And, and in turn, he gave me free haircuts. You just told me was, you couldn't teach me how to scratch. I can teach you how to zigga zigga. Mm-hmm. I can't teach you how to just grab baby and scratch. Flare. Okay. Yeah. So I think you have that down, Pat. I would hope so. I That's, do. Okay. Uh, so yeah, he would give me uh, haircuts early on. I had polka dots in my head. I had arrow parts. I had white knight in the back of my head. There's white knight again. Did you uh, have the photo? They exist somewhere. I had a box. I had my mom give me a perm so I could get a box like MC Search. Um, I didn't even know you yeah. had hair. I've never seen it. I don't have hair currently. At, at a point, I had hair, and then I started thinning when I was in my mid-30s. I'm like, yeah. Then I try to conceal it for a bit by putting yeah. in this fake powder stuff, and like, then I just let it go. So, yeah, here we are now. I used to let the guys in, uh, in Miami hit me with the Sharpie marker for the grays. Right, the I Beijing. embarrassed. The Beijing, Because I was yeah. just starting in med school, and I was older than most of my peers because I'd been a DJ for eight years. You're right. No. They gave you the accentuated hair. Did you go to a Dominican barber? No. Okay. It was a white guy. Oh, right. And they hit you but with I the think everybody else in there was... Right. And they hit you with the Beijing to, to enhance the, the hairline? Yeah, there was something. Okay. Some kind of marker. Beijing is the... Is That's the, what it's kind of like. It's kind of like dye. Oh, yeah. To, yeah. Uh, to make your hairline stand out and fill in the blanks, too. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, barber talk, stock talk. We do it all. We talk about <laughs> culinary delights. <laughs> McDonald's versus mom and pop breakfast spots, you know. I had a good steak last night, Chopino. Okay, I haven't been there, but I've heard, I've heard good things. Bison, it's tasty. Okay. So other than Beezus, who else is exciting? I mean, you you bring out Large Pro a lot. I have, right? and, and and he's a friend of mine. Um, over Jeff, the, over the years. Large Pro. I've yet to bring excite, out Jeff. Who I mean, I, I watch, I watch Jeff. I watch Scratch Bassett. I watch all of you know uh, a bunch of different streams. I don't want to br- I don't want to pinpoint any specific um, Twitch DJ um, because. But forget about know. Twitch. Just yeah. like people like DJs who excite you, like oh yeah, the Jeffs and the Bastards of the world, Cash Money, um, who, st- who does it on Twitch, and he's 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 a big he's inspiration of mine. Philly, right? Philly, yeah, yep. Philly is the the home of DJs. 
him, um, Cosmic Kev, DJ Ran, Tap Money from Philly. Man, too tough from the Tough Crew. Did you Ooh. used to go to Philly at any point, or you were no? I never did here. actually. No, I I've been there a handful of times in my life, but I was more of a New York cat than a Philly cat. But they are the home of legendary legendary DJs. Um, yeah, I don't really. I don't. DJ Spinna is a is a is a favorite of mine too. Uh, Rich Medina is a great great cat, great DJ. Uh, so many. I mean, none that I could just rattle off other than my couple that I have. My, I saw my somebody faves. talking on Twitter, I guess yesterday about how the Philly fans make you a better DJ, that they will basically just boo you and let you know if yeah, you, I mean, if you they, suck. It's, it's, they're demanding, and um, they expect <laughs> a certain caliber of DJ in, yeah. in over the years. And MC. I mean, probably the greatest MC, living MC right now is from Philly. You think Black Dot? Oh, of course. Come on now. Who's touching Tariq? He's amazing. Who's touching Tariq? Um, living? Not too many. I say Not too many. Jay-Z. Easily? Mm, no, no. I mean, not the same caliber of. Uh, granted, it wasn't a freestyle in the traditional sense, but go back and watch that Funk Master Flex ten-minute explosion. It's, yeah, it's in- amazing. Insanity. No, he's insanity. He's just the breath special. control alone. The breath control yeah, alone special. to rattle that to have I that. I met in, him in, in Pittsburgh. I met him in Pittsburgh sure. when he was um, here with Quest Love. Right. When they were, do you remember the venue? He's called like the Mardi Gras or something, or um, on the south side. No, 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 no. Okay. Station Square, I think. Oh, there yeah, used to yeah, be yeah. the strip of yeah, like clubs. I remember, I remember Quest came there and made yes, made a uh, made a comment because that, that you know he never he he's he's never seen Pittsburgh Pittsburgh because <laughs> he made a comment about you know what's there to do in Pittsburgh but Joe's Crab Shack you know like because he got you know he played yeah, he on got the, a bad taste Southside and yeah. you know uh, Station Square he's never he never came to Shadow Lounge or he never came to any hoods in Pittsburgh to know yeah the flavor of Pittsburgh yeah. He went to the McDonald's of clubs, essentially. Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah that so. place was pretty boring. Right, right. But they, 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 those places could afford him. Yeah. The neighborhood spots couldn't. So, yeah, he, yeah. You, know, he, you know, for him to make that, that was kind of a foolish statement to make that assumption that Pittsburgh has nothing going on because you played in close proximity to a Joe's Crab Shack. I mean, but, you know, we won't hold him. I think that, that was probably Nugget and Zimmy that brought him out, right? Via sponsorship, I would yeah, imagine. Tiny Giant yeah. with Red yeah. Bull's help right, or right, something. Right, right, right. How did the Soul Quarians, like the Neo Soul, Dilla Beats, like, connection happen? Was that just the music you gravitated towards or, like... Yeah, I mean, just the... Um, just Dilla and his, you know, his non-quantized drum patterns that just... The, the swing and just the off-kilter swing and just, just drew me in and... um from there, you know, I got to appreciate D'Angelo and Bilal and Dwele and Music Soulchild and um, and Erica and just all these um, amazing cats that were like-minded and worked at Electric Lady Studios in New York together. Um, Jimi Hendrix Studio on, okay. a, on A Street. I don't think it's there any longer in, um, in the village, in the West Village in New York. And... Um, I think they were working on Voodoo, uh, and they were just all hanging out together, common, and um, they became known as a collective, the Soulquarians, um, just a bunch of like-minded cats that um, came together and just kind of d- did impromptu jam sessions that turned out and uh, to be full albums. Like you know, Dilla did the entire common electric Water for Cir- chocolate and electric and circus too, both. which is slept yeah. on. Oh, heavily! Um, right, I because, remember the. Yeah. Let me hear you play your music. Yeah. 
That's the joint with Joe. Yeah, I am music. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. People, but people don't understand that because it wasn't the traditional four four. Incredible. Right. Yeah. No, but yeah. the beef for that is yeah. Crazy. It's hard. To, it's hard to mix out of that one. And the but, horn yeah. on that. Oh my goodness. The whole album what slept on. It was ahead in? of its time. What key signature is that in? Six seven. I don't know. It's jazzy, so it could it could be along that line. <sighs> um, but like Water for Chaco was more traditional, um, boom bap, so to speak. Um, um, a lot of joints on there, and Dilla, you know, laced that one too. Um, um, what's the joint? Night Champa. man. So, do you agree with the Dan Charnas assessment that this was like a complete shift in the way that music existed? That Dilla had created something new. I didn't read his take, although I own both copies of you got Dilla, that, of Dilla Time, but you, got you know, the, the paperback now, the paperback with in, the yeah, and extended the extra, story yeah. about but I have how yet, I have yet to crack either open, which is crazy. Yeah. Just my life is too zany right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, it didn't exist. That that swing did not exist pre-Dilla. So if that's what he's saying. Yeah, that's that's a given. He talks about funky drummer and and James Brown, right? But that was kind of yeah. Like the class double fill was still, but he was still in the pocket, like it yeah. wasn't yeah, yeah. So not exactly I, the same, right? And now that everybody's doing that, there's probably a plug-in on I would Ableton imagine so. where you can just yeah, like you're talking out of my wheelhouse completely, but I just know I just know how it makes me feel, like a guttural feeling. I don't know about the the uh, the way it's technology made. Now, at all. No. I know what quantization, 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 quantization. Yeah, yeah do, I know what it means. Do you um, but do yeah. you um, feel like Kendrick is the descendant of that sound? A lot of people think that maybe he Ver- was like the next lyrically. No, no, no. Like the he doesn't do his own production. So you mean his producers? The music that he was rapping over. I mean, I like to pin butterfly. Bilal was on there, so some of the same artists. But um, just for that project, I don't think Kendrick traditionally is known. Um, for that sound, but that project was very, um, very niche in that it, 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 um, it was kind of, it, it kind of played like a spoken word album. Mm-hmm. Um, How they had the poem throughout, correct? The whole thing. Interspersed it was throughout mm-hmm. the Detroit scene. Were you ever pulled in that direction at all by like the fact that Dilla was there making music? I mean, I got to learn about his peers, uh, Wajid, Wa- Wajid yeah. Amp Fiddler. While Amp Fiddler yep. was much older, Amp Fiddler taught him the yeah. NPC. Um, Black Milk, I love. Um, who else? Um, Elzai is also from Detroit. He took over in, in Slum Village when, um, you know, Batin passed. We still we still have D- T three is the the yep. lone rem- uh, uh, There's member. There's only one member of Slum Village left because it was just T three Batin and Dilla originally. But they changed, like they added. They added another cat. Elzai. Elzai was added was on, added and on. someone okay, else, okay, okay. Um, RJ, maybe I forget the other other cat's name, but yep. yeah, T three. So is T3 the, is the only living member. And mm-hmm. Botin was was correct. He he, he, he got second died. The crews that it were exciting to me at the time were like Binary Star, right? I, Masters I knew of the Universe, right? Um, Sanam Silla, One Below. You're getting a little too nerdy for me. Really? A little bit. Just a little, little bit. A little bit. That is my story. Good story. I, um, I'm a hip-hop icon, baby. No, I'm not that far. But I'm something. You're I'm an enigma wrapped in a mystery. What's the same? In a, enigma uh, wrapped in a mystery. In a puzzle somewhere. Okay. You're the most soulful Jewish uh, white boy from Squirrel Hill that ever existed. Uh, yeah, Mac Miller was from Point Breeze, I believe, so. He wasn't as soulful as you. Eh. Eh. 
he was great rapper, but not quite. I'm just taking it all in. Thank you. Most soulful cat from Squirrel Hill. I'll be that. It's like Red Man White, Reggie Noble White said. White Jewish cat. White Jewish cat. Yeah. Um, I'll be that. For sure. <laughs> Thanks for having me on Croc Mo, baby. Croc Mo. I almost wore my Crocs today. That would have been. I decided to leave them at home. Great. Um, you have a pair? I do not. But as a medical doctor, you probably have. A I similar had, comf- I had an orange pair okay. before I was doctor. Wow. They were like the solid orange. Do you have the male version of Uggs? Too? No Uggs. Okay. No Uggs. I don't okay. even have boots. Okay. I made it through this whole winter in Pittsburgh with no boots. I've never owned a pair of boots. So I'm not a Timbo type of dude. Yeah, you look good yeah. in Timbos, though. I think so. I, I with I the, hats. the right, the you got right. the hats and the jeans the and Rest in power to the Ace Hotel. I got the Ace Hotel hat on right now. How is Ace Hotel gone? That was like, yeah, gentrifier, poor, uh, prime gentrifier. Poor. Um, were they something. downtown? They were in East Liberty. Uh, so yeah, took yeah. over the YMCA. I remember. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> so. People were pissed. Well, no, it was, it was closed for years. The same dwelling. Uh, um, rehabbed it, and now it's just a now it's a motel where. You don't check in. You just get a code, and um, there's no human interaction. You get a code, you go in, and you stay. It's like a hostel slash hotel. Oh, that's interesting. There you go, Pittsburgh folks. We are not sponsored by the uh, hotel formerly known as Ace Hotel. <laughs> we are just the robot here. hotel. Exactly. Uh, word to Rosie Jetson, baby. Right. The yeah. Meet George Jetson. Yes. Um, uh, you play videos too sometimes. I do. Yeah, I incorporate videos. I think that's important. I, you don't want to look at my face all day, so it's a way for me to get off screen and then bring a, um, uh, a new visual element to my Twitch stream. So I play a lot of videos that you um, you have seen in the past and some you have not seen. But uh, the time that it takes to collect those videos? Oh, it's insanity. Space. It's insanity. How I mean, that's a four-terabyte SSD right here. Um, it's insane. I mean, the, 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 you would think they take up a lot of space. So if 720 video maybe is like uh, 30 or so. Um, do you have terabytes of videos? I do on my Oof. streaming computer. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. It's a lot of work. I, I do birthday tributes on my Twitch. And today I did Chaka Khan. I did three and a half hours of um, her performing live on video. <sighs> Samples. Interpolations, wow. cover songs, wow. originals, yeah. yeah, yeah, and finding all that like archival footage—it's it's insane. Really it's insane. Doing yeah, the night before is crazy. I don't willy nilly my Twitch show. I don't think I don't I don't I don't want to go on there and just play records. Where do the with no rhyme or reason? Like, where do they end up? They end up um, on a platform called Restream for 15 days. Um, but I don't download most of them. The, the streams they are real. They're real time. Yeah, if you miss them, you miss them. It's not like I even say them because I'm talking throughout. So it's not like you're, you know, you, you want to hear me get but, talking and give shout outs. But to you people. could have a separate recording without the mic. Correct. The only issue with that, and I've explored that before, is I don't always want to talk over music. So I can choose to not record with the mic, but then you would hear dead air Spaces throughout, and I'd have and to things. go and edit every single moment of dead air, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. have no interest. So basically, I tell people, if you miss the stream, That's it. it's one and done. I do a replay every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. on my Twitch channel, and it's uh, usually the replay from the day before, Friday. Um, but yeah, if you miss it, you miss it. You're ass out. You are ass out. There's there's something beautiful about that. It's right. ephemeral. Yeah, it is it's ephemeral. You, yeah. you can... 
You can be there or be square. He will show up late, and I'm sorry, you can't do it. If you want to go elsewhere and watch someone else while I'm on, you just missed it. So, um, But uh, a more organized me would download every stream, both audio and video, and have it stored on some sort of server. But, you know, they're not perfect mixes. I'm DJing live, and there's, you know, flaws and shout-outs and nothing I'm really interested in saving. I'll make a Do you a release mix for that. mixes? Like I do on occasion, yeah. I, I record live sets. Yeah. Um, the problem is recording live sets, it's great. Uh, at the beginning when folks are just uh, filtering in, but then I don't want to put a live set of me playing party rockers. Right, right. So when they people come in, I actually get upset <laughs> if I'm recording. <laughs> like, damn, now I got to play basic-ass music. It goes on Mixcloud? Or? It goes on SoundCloud. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so. SoundCloud, I guess they'll tolerate it as long as it's not too commercial. Like, Yeah, so far, yeah, I haven't had any issues. Not. Mixcloud I've had issues with in the past, um, but not SoundCloud. SoundCloud's huh. been great, maybe because I pay them. I don't know. Mm. Um, but yeah, I have um, it's hard to get SoundCloud followers. I feel great having 2,500 or so on SoundCloud. I think it's an, quite an accomplishment. And I was putting on my radio shows. I used to be on WIEP, as you well know, yeah, um, yeah. for that years uh, from 2014 and 2022 when Grand I, when I, when I quit radio. Grand Groove. So all my radio shows still exist, my okay. YEP shows. And are they on SoundCloud? They are on SoundCloud. Download those. You can't things. download them, though. Just streaming. Just streaming. No, I no, can no, download them. No, no I can download saying. them. I'm saying, I, no, but I have, I have them. Save though. all that stuff. No, I have that because I lost my SoundCloud. I lost. Oh yeah. So oh much yeah. yeah. Music. I have. I have all of that. I had. Yeah. I now I have to ask friends for my own. No, I have tunes. that. Yeah, I have that. Yeah. So you had a three strikes. You're out. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, they, you're right. They only they only really hit um, commercial mixes. I don't think they're true. They did hit me for one mix. I did a, a Steely Dan tribute. And it doesn't exist on SoundCloud. So one strike. Mm. Oddly enough. But, but okay, so they hit me for two. Steely Dan and Prince. Which Do makes sense. you have sense. two strikes right now? And you're no, just no, living I, on the I, edge? They fall off. Oh, nice. All right. It's weird, though. Yeah. Mixcloud allowed my Prince tributes. Of course. Mixcloud but not, is, but not SoundCloud. is clean. Mixcloud, you can play whatever you no, want. No, Mixcloud has rules. Someone just posted it, too. Mixcloud mm-hmm. has rules, too, where you can't play more than three songs. Oh, it's just like the radio. Exactly. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry, there was a little mini earthquake here. Apologize. 2.1 on the Richter. Uh, 3.5. Erica Badu and On and On, when she ad-libs, damn, you feel that? You yeah, know that yeah, part? Yeah, yeah. I, I was actually... That. She was in the studio, yeah, and, and there, there was, was an earthquake. earthquake. Yeah, so... You said that uh, when you were teaching us about Twitch. Oh, that's right. I'm being redundant. It's Bro- all right. Broken no, record, these people haven't heard. Broken record Jimmy. These people haven't heard. But it's almost like you, you think she's saying, damn, you feel that, like, the, the, the bass, mm-hmm. but she was talking about an actual earthquake, and they kept it in. The magic of just real time recording and letting things out, like we're doing tonight. Like Paul's boutique. Uh, I'm not a fan. I was so set on license to ill. Oh, no. I know, but I what? I was so hip hop back then. Eggman. So, but you understand, going from license to ill to Paul's boutique was a giant leap, and I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. I Dust was, Brothers. I get it. I get it. Eggman. I get it. Going from New York to LA. I get it. But it wasn't Rhyming for me yet. And stealing. I had to revisit it. Robin Stealing was not on oh, Paul's no. Boutique. Okay. <laughs> that was on License Deal, oh, along, okay. along, with really Paul, along with Paul Revere and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the new style, Let Me Clear My Throat. and yeah. So, But that stuff is not as incredible as the stuff to on me, Paul's it's, it's, but To me, it was, it was more along the lines of, of traditional hip-hop. Yeah, yeah. It's whereas, like party. Whereas to Paul's, me, it's party Whereas rockers. Paul's Boutique is kind of uh, has... Um, it's a heavily sampled album that pulls from m- multiple genres, which I just wasn't ready for at the point at the time. But are you? Ready I like now? check your head. Um, I have to revisit it. I don't know Paul's. Ill communication is also it's amazing. Great too. Right. They but it's all distorted. They rap through like cardioid mics. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, just yeah. Like yeah. Cool. No, You gotta understand. I grew I grew up on License to Ill. 
Yeah. So I grew up with, you know, no sleep till Brooklyn and time yeah. time to get ill. And that was just that's, uh, you know, that's that's my era. So that uh, and Paul Revere was played in every hood across the country. The reverse snare. Oh, the reverse everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Produced by uh, I think that beat was originally intended for Run DMC. Mm. Uh, Rick Rubin did that one. And um, it's amazing. Yeah, Slow and Low was originally Jeez. intended for Run DMC. I have a version of Slow and Low that Run DMC did prior to hmm. the Beastie Boys doing. Primo yeah. or or on team Let's Ill with the Creator? Team P Rock. Um, oh, that's a hard one. Um, probably Primo more so than P Rock, and then you know, probably Large Pro more so than, 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 than both of them. Um, and then Diamond D and yeah, Spinna. Where's Della yeah. Land? Oh, Dilla's in there too. Yeah, Dilla's in the in mix. There. He's definitely in the mix, but Premier probably first, and then Pete. Oh, Large Pro first, then Premier, then Pete Rock, Dilla, Diamond, Spinna, um, Buck Wild. It's uh, great. It's great too. Um, what about um, this amazing producer that used to DJ the All 45 night? 45 King? Who? Nope. Oh. He used to play the All 45s. His name's uh, Just Blaze. He used to yeah, play the yeah, forty five. Yeah, yeah. Just Plays is, at, is good. Is, is good. He's he's a little younger, so he's not, yeah. Just Plays is great. At mm-hmm. Mobile Mondays. Oh yeah, he did. You know, he did one of my favorite tracks ever, uh, Exhibit C by Jay Electronica, mm. and all the stuff for Jay Z and all the two thousands era hip hop. Just Plays is amazing. Not in not in my top five, but certainly in my top ten for sure. The was Jay Electronica the one who got lost. Or no? Got lost? Yeah, there was like a, a rapper who just disappeared for a while. Jay Electronica is crazy. Um, I'm not sure he got lost. He's yet to put out a proper album with just him. He put out an album, uh, written testimony with him and Jay-Z, and everyone's disappointed because Jay's on every track. But yeah. um, it took him like 10, 15 years to put it out, too. But I'm not sure he was lost. No, I, I can't remember the name of this rapper. But he was like, he just disappeared to Europe for a while. And then people recently found him. Oh, yeah. I'm not quite sure. I'll put it in the okay. thing. Um, in the comments below. <laughs> they always say that on YouTube. Make sure to check the comments below. Selecta. Yes. So so appreciative of your time. Thank you so much. Of course. Yeah, that was really fun. We'll have to I, have you back. I had a blast. Next time, I expect at least a stevia beverage. No, we don't do sugar. Not, not the Bell V. I'm a faster. I do it faster than the average man. Is that is that a, is that a selling point? To do it faster than the average? I fast like Passover. Okay, is that a rhyme? Fast like Yom Kippur. Okay. All right. Thanks for uh, having me on Croc Mode. I appreciate the love and uh, and the opportunity and the engagement and uh, peace and blessings. Oh, man. Croc mode, baby. That was fun. Yeah, sure. Oh, my God.